You're now listening to the River Claremont Podcast. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus was led by the Spirit. Say, led by the Spirit. As I started in the 9 o'clock, I'll, I'll do in this one. I've learned as of late, there are things that the Lord does that blows my mind. There are things that the Lord does that I wouldn't choose for Him to do. Even in the dealing with people as a leader of this church, I've watched people do things that I was fully convinced was not the Lord. But then later have come to see the fruit of God in it. And it's interesting that the Bible says that led by the Spirit to be tempted. Every person born in this world is a person that can be either used for the glory of God or for the glory of the enemy. If it's glory, you want to call it the promotion of hell. We are basically vessels that can go either way in life. And along the way, the enemy's number one tool, as I've been saying, is deception. He deceives you. And there's a process a person has to go through. I was talking with someone the other day about that, that when you first start serving the Lord as an, as an immature believer, there's a process you have to go through. Because, yes, God loves you. Yes, God desires to bless you. Yes, God desires to heal you and to be with you and to strengthen you. But you have an unrenewed mind and an impure heart when you came. And there's a process to getting that right. And that process, there's not like a set time. It's not like God says there's an onboarding season of four months. And after that, your probationary period in the kingdom of God is over with. And I will give you the desires and the dreams of your heart after that. And I would say that there are levels. As one man of God says, new level, new devil. There are levels that as you promote yourself or see the Lord promote you in areas of life, it's almost like those things come back at you. That are the trigger points or the temptations to take you out. And Jesus was led by the Spirit to face temptation. So that after overcoming that temptation, he could fully accomplish the plan of God for his life. Which was the redemption of mankind. And the first thing Jesus faced was he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible says he was hungry. Who in here believes that that's true? Come on. If you fast 40 days, you're going to be hungry. Hungry won't, won't quite be the word you want to use. Amen. Ravenous. Hangry. It says that the devil said to him, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Well, Jesus said, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The first temptation that Jesus faced was the desire to change things based on short-term circumstances. One of the quickest traps to fall into is making life-changing decisions to cover short-term circumstances. That you went through a tough season, so now you uproot and change everything and restart. And that's many people's story ten times over. And let me tell you, there is a part of walking things out in faith that's the enduring part. There's the part that literally it looks like it is not going to happen. We miss God. This thing is never going to break. That you have got to stay through. You've got to stay the course. Can I get a witness? 
So just because short-term circumstances don't line up with long-term vision doesn't mean you miss God, doesn't mean God's abandoned you, and doesn't mean blow the ship up and start over again in a new geographical region. Amen. Doesn't mean you have to start everything over and over again because if you keep pressing reset in your life, guess what? You will always be at ground level zero. Speaking from experience. I have pressed reset so many times that I got to the place I am never pressing reset again. I don't care if hell is outside my door and it's raining brimstone. Bless God, I'll see it through. I'm done with the reset button. Amen. Because it's a thought that it's going to be easier somewhere else or things. This can't be how it is because it's difficult or it takes a long time. Anybody ever put a timeline in place and then realize that your timeline was way too short of a timeline? Every time we use a timeline, basically. Short-term circumstances are one way that the enemy takes you out. Leading to division. Leading to an upset of the call of God on your life. Leading you to make decisions that you then have to pay the price over time. Stay the course. But you say, I'm hungry. I need food. Man, you can go a long time with very little food. I know. I've lived without very much food. When I went to Bible college, I didn't have food. I went to the food ministry and all they had was carrot cake um, cliff bars. They had a box of them. Apparently nobody wanted to eat them. They just came out. I'm talking like bucket loads of carrot cake cliff bars. They got all these minerals and all these. To this day, if I see a cliff bar, I want to jump off a cliff. Do you know what it is to live for a week off of carrot cake cliff bars? It's like now you realize I am literally just eating so that I don't die, but there was no enjoyment in it whatsoever. It's like eating carrot sandpaper. I lived like that. Then I went back to the food ministry and they had Malta and canned yams. Do you know what Malta is? All you Spanish people act like this thing is good. That is an acquired taste. It's like drinking liquid bread. I had so much Malta, I tried to get creative with what to do with it. So I had a t-shirt and I was like, I wonder if I can tie-dye it with Malta. It's a true story. So I took the fork, I spun up my t-shirt, I got it all in, I poured the malta in. Man, I tried to wear that shirt, smelled like bread all day long. Just walking around. Stained my, my, stained me. And canned yams. To this day, I don't want to eat a yam. You can go a long time. Don't let short-term circumstances disrupt the plan and the purposes of God in your life. See things through. Persevere. Perseverance should be in the church. Amen. Amen. We should be those that can persevere through absolutely anything. And this next Sunday night, we're going to have um, a friend of ours in the church. She's uh, a missionary that's been living in, in a country that when you hear what she's been living through, bro, you have no excuses. I mean, they don't even have bars of soap. They don't even, they just go to the bathroom, wipe their hands with their hand, with their, wipe themselves with their hands and then go eat out of the same pot. 
Imagine that. And she loved every moment of it. Short-term circumstances. So the next thing Jesus faced, the Bible says, is the devil took him to Jerusalem, to the pinnacle of the temple, or to the high place of the temple. Another temptation of man is that when you get exalted, you get elevated, you lose who you are. There's a study in colleges that has been a blind study where they've taken college peers and built mock jails. And in the mock jails, some of the students are prisoners and some of them are prison guards. And psychologically, even though they are peers in the same college, the ones that take the role of the prison guard begin to dominate, get corrupt and abusive of their own peers just from the position of authority that they have been given in a blind study. And so if you can't get taken out by short-term circumstances and you start seeing the promotion come into your life, you've got to keep your heart more pure than ever. Because the kingdom of heaven is not like the kingdom of man. The kingdom of man is about getting as high as you can. The kingdom of God is about going as low as possible. It's an inverse kingdom from this world. That the higher God elevates you, the greater a servant you've got to be. The more your life has got to be surrendered and recognize that I do everything unto the Lord and for the benefit of His people and the further, and then no matter what, you, you, you cannot let yourself be taken over by I'm greater or I'm holier or I'm better. As the Bible says, do not think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Amen. So it's, it's another temptation we face that promotion. And the interesting thing about this, why did the Spirit lead Jesus to this? Because the devil's temptations and the way he takes you out is actually the way that if you follow the plan of God, you will see promotion. God will promote you because the Bible says if you humble yourself, God will exalt you. Amen. So guess what? God's plan is to exalt or promote or elevate you. But to do that properly, you've got to keep your heart surrendered to God and be ready for the Lord to elevate you and have the right mindset. And if you, if you push too quickly, so many people do push too quickly. And get to a place you're not prepared spiritually to stand at. Then you will wind up perverting the pureness of what God wants to do in your life. Just for the appraisal and the celebration of men. you got to be willing to, as we start it, die to that. There is the process of death. That is death. That is not fun. But after you've gone through that. And you've allowed the Lord to work those things in you. There's a purity that comes in you. I'm saying, God, whatever you give me, I give back to you. Whatever you ask of me, I'm willing to lay at your feet anytime. You, you have to check yourself in life. As the Lord raises you up, you have to check yourself. If God asks for everything, would you be willing to lay it down? If God asks you to give it up, would you be willing to lay it down? As I've heard some people say, people get in the ministry and the ministry begins, begins to be more of a God for them than God. Right. That that begins to be what moves them. And it's all about, let me get to that pulpit and let me speak to that church and let me get in that crowd. Let me tell you, there's a part of that, that if the Lord promotes you and opens the door, you walk in fear and trembling and you deliver what God says. But there's a part that begins to corrupt man, like a corrosiveness, a little leaven leavening the whole lump. That begins to pull us all away. 
And do you know that the Bible says in Hosea 4, 9, that as the priest was, so were the people. And so if the leadership doesn't let themselves go through the process and humble themselves before God, then their desire for recognition and popularity begins to dominate, and so shall it be with the people. Well, what happened to the American church? Our desire to be gross in numbers and big and, and, and elegant and look the part began to dominate the reality of, is God's presence in the place? Can God take over? Because if he can't take over and he's not in the place, then it's not even church. It is just a business. It is a country club. It is what it is. And you can be angry with me all day long, but that's the truth of it. That's why you go through these things. And that's why you say, God, I trust you. And the most pure prayer you can pray is, God, don't elevate me until I'm ready to be elevated. God, don't promote me until I can handle a promotion. God, don't give me a title until I've surrendered myself entirely. Because I don't want to bring reproach on your name. So fear and trembling in the body of Christ. So no, he's perfect and he's holy and he's wonderful. And if you're going to represent him, what are you representing? You say, well, that's only for fivefold. No, if you even have ever introduced yourself as a Christian in this world, the world is looking at you. Right? I remember, I remember when I got radically saved and the Lord delivered me from all the junk in my life and I was a wild dude and I went back to visit. And I was around some of the old people that I was around and, and, um, one of them said they were a Christian and I was just there for one night because I was visiting my parents and they were, I went to visit my friends. They were all still partiers and drinkers, but one of them said that they got saved too and he was drinking and he was partying with them. And my boss, the one that, if you've ever heard the testimony of how his life ultimately got turned around and he surrendered his life to the Lord before he, he passed away suddenly. He was there and he wasn't redeemed yet. And he looked at the guy drinking and partying with him and he looked at me and he said, you call yourself a Christian? You're supposed to be like Caleb. You're not supposed to be like us. Even I know that believers aren't supposed to do what you're doing. Total heathen knows the church is supposed to be different. The Bible says separate yourselves from them. Come out from among them and live a sanctified life. We're meant to be different. Amen. Not because we're better, but because we're redeemed. And let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Our minds are washed. Our hearts are washed. We're renewed. We're different. We can't change it. It's not something we put on. It's something that we pour out. It's from the inside out. God renews and changes us. So we're different people. And then now that person, as God elevates a person, a child of God, they recognize just as Jesus led as a servant, so must I lead as a servant. That no matter how high God takes me, my desire, my, 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 my calling is to just continue to reveal Jesus everywhere I go and get it right and keep myself humble along the way. Amen. And then the third temptation, so he took him up to a hilltop, showed him and he said, I'll show you all the, the kingdoms of time, of the world of time, and I will give you the glory thereof. We're talking wealth of nations that was offered to Jesus. And I will tell you one of the greatest temptations to take people out of the call of God is money. It's money. The love of money is the root of all evil. Doesn't mean money's evil. It means that if you love money so much that you're willing to sell your character out to get it, 
that if money means so much to you, that you're willing to sell out the pure things of God, that if money means so much to you, you're willing to just take out everything that offends the world so that you can grow a church to have more money or, or do illegal contra, whatever it is. That's selling out of yourself for money. And now the reason why money is such a powerful additive or addiction or perverter is because money is the anointing of the world. It is the anointing of the kingdom of hell. That money is what is used, the spirit of mammon, because if those with money can go where others can't go. You in the last 2020, the hell of trying to fly anywhere, mask up, hand sanitize, bend over, let us take your temperature up your rear end, all the junk people have had to go through. And we're talking about it this morning, amen. Get treated like a cow. I grew up on a dairy farm. That's what you were treated like. Get in line, shut up, follow. Meh, meh, meh. Where's your test? Where's your CP3PR23 test? What the heck are we talking about here? People with money weren't traveling like that. They weren't traveling with masks on and being tested. They're flying in their private jets, walking right through their thing, not even having their bags checked. People don't even realize this, but there are two layers of life. And the anointing of the world is very real. People of wealth do not live like 99% of the world lives. That's why they can inject whatever they want to inject on you and never live it themselves. And you know, the Bible says that God hates unjust scales. He hates them. He hates double standards. What, what happens to the top should happen to the bottom in the kingdom of God is what he's saying. He hates unjust scales. Well, that with wealth of this world, you can access everything. You can go somewhere. You can open doors. You want to talk about nations being closed to the gospel? If you've got money, they will open to anything. It's quiet in this Presbyterian church this morning. Should I do it? Is the holy flame out? Somebody light the holy flame. I think it got put out again. I can, I can feel a dampering in this place right now. It's preaching in a Presbyterian church. I didn't even know about the holy flame. I was like, what is that? That's the holy flame. We keep them lit all the time. What happens when it goes out? Well, you know, I mean, we just relight it and try not to talk about it. Hopefully the flame doesn't go out because the carbon monoxide's poisonous. But it's the wealth of this world. The wealth of this world is the anointing of this world. And I would say, you know what? This is a temptation that the church is just... Few people have been able to beat. I've watched God bless people in the church. And I've sat with multiple guys that, that, the, the, that have become multimillionaires throughout the years. I've sat with them and I've watched them. What it does to them, what it does to their lives, what it does to their hearts, begins to corrode them, pervert them, destroy them from the inside out, that their money becomes a sense of power. Now, they don't need the church. There's a division that comes. I have money, therefore I know better, just like famous people in Hollywood think they know what to tell you to do when you vote. You know what I'm saying? What do you even know, bro? Half of you is plastic. You're not even human anymore. Go on, try to smile. Try. 
There's more Botox in you than the clinic has. I could kick you in the face and you wouldn't even feel it. It's ignorance. But it happens to people with wealth. They get to the point and they, they, they then get to the point that wealth is so powerful. I don't need the anointing of God. I don't need the spiritual things of heaven. I don't need the church. I am the church. I'm the church and God loves me and God cares for me and God just cares all about me and I can just drop this wife and I can pick up wife number two. Ah, never mind. She's annoying. I'm going to drop her too. Pick up wife number three. She's really weird. She was just after my money. I'm a victim here. I'm telling you, if you only knew, drop her, pick up wife number four. Now I'm 63 and I'm married to a 19-year-old, but it's cool. It's cool. She loves me for who I am. Sure. Go broke and see what happens. It's true love. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I actually didn't intend to talk about that this morning. But I'm, and I'm actually, sadly, I'm actually talking facts. I'm not talking hearsay. I'm talking, I have watched this happen, this exact scenario happen, and I have watched these people die well beyond, well, way too early in life. I knew a man that was in his 30s that got radically saved in his late 20s as the spirit, he was addicted to cocaine methamphetamines, but he liked to get high and watch Christian television. I like to get drunk and, and, and read the book of Revelations when I was unsaved. And I don't know why, but I'd read the book of Revelations. Dude, reading the book of Revelations sober is difficult. <laughs> Try reading it with a fifth of Jim Beam in you. You're like, there's a dragon. There's a dragon coming, I'm telling you. Get ready. Don't go in the water. It's coming from the sea, man. (laughs) He was in his 20s, though, and was watching Christian television, and it was actually my father-in-law was on TV and by the Spirit of God stopped what he was doing, looked the camera dead in the eye and said, there's a man out there. You're a businessman that likes to get high and watch Christian television. Right now you have a line of cocaine chalked up in front of you. I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, if you would take your hand and swat those drugs down, jump onto your feet and lift your hands, the glory of God will come upon you and you'll never be the same again. That man was watching Christian television. He's like, did I, I, how high am I? (laughs) I think my cocaine's laced with something. He swatted the cocaine down, jumped him on his feet. As he lifted his hands, the power of God hit him like a lightning bolt. I mean, shot through his body. He hit the ground. Before he even hit the ground, he was praying in tongues. And yeah, I love stories like that because religious people want to tell you, you got to teach people these things. 
Like you got to teach you, people don't just fall down. You got to teach them how to fall down. Where's that in the Bible? You know, the stone was rolled away. The angels there, the soldiers came. They're like, I am he or whatever. And they fall down like dead men. It's not like there was catchers and courtesy cloths and warm milk and ushers. <laughs> it's just the glory of God, you know, and, um, he got totally set free, but you know what happened was he was he plugged into a church, got on fire. I mean, was leading people to the Lord. His business skyrocketed. He had more money than ever. And then he meets some young girl. He's in his 30s now. Meets like a 19-year-old. Starts reliving his glory days of partying. He's got more money than he's ever had before. God's good. God loves him. Life's great. He can do whatever he wants. Marries a 19-year-old and dies on his honeymoon snorting a line of cocaine. At 35 years old, his heart went out. It hurt me. It hurt me because I watched that guy be on fire. And it puts you to the place. Is, fi- is the fire of God just temporary? Is it a temporal thing or can you live in it? That's what I believe. I believe you can live in it, but along the way, you're going to face temptations. And sometimes it's wealth. Sometimes it's money. Sometimes you didn't have anything and you came to God dirt broke, didn't have two pennies to rub together, fell in love with Jesus and life is great. But then now, through the principles of faith, through the wisdom that God imparts, now you're starting to see success and now suddenly money is your God. You know, in the, in the Bible, there was a man, a rich young ruler that did everything right. Except for when Jesus came and said, he said, well, what else can I do? He said, go and give all of your wealth away and then follow me. I don't, I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, but Jesus never invited anybody else to follow him other than the 12, but this man. So this man was literally, we could have read today, there could be a, a book in the Bible with the name of that rich, rich young ruler, but all we know is rich young ruler because his identity remained with wealth. He stayed stuck in it because he went away and he's like, man, I can't do that. I'm not giving up anything that's, I'm not giving up real value for the kingdom of God. And that's how a lot of people are. Come to God broke and then they get wealthy. But when, what if God asks for your wealth? Jesus there sucked out the place. It's got real cost. But you've got to be willing to give God everything. That's why the Bible says the love of money is a snare. That those that long to be rich will be pierced through with many sorrows. Don't long for wealth. Long for God. God will give you wealth. But wealth will take you from God if you go for wealth over God. It's like one prophet I remember saying that 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 his he was he had a, a father in the faith that set before him a stack of cash hundred thousand dollars cash and he stood him in front of the the money and he took a bottle of oil and said this represents the presence of God and the anointing of God and he put the oil behind the stack of cash and he says can you see the oil he says no all I can see is the money. He said, now, now come with me. And he walked him to the other side. He said, look through the bottle of oil. What do you see? I can look through the oil and I can see the money. He said, the moral is this. Keep your eyes on the anointing of God and everything the world has, he will give it to you. Put your eyes on the world and you'll never see the things of God. 
Remember that lesson, church. No matter what God does to elevate you, as he elevates you comes responsibility. We're talking Spider-Man here. <laughs> Brought it. I know. I was weaving it in the whole time. I was from day one. How do I bring in Spider-Man revelation? <laughs> With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> it's true though that as God elevates you that's why as you elevate in life some of the things and let me tell you these things are not in chronological order you know what I'm saying some people are born extremely wealthy that the first thing they have to face is are they willing to walk away from the wealth to serve God some people are born with nothing never had any but money so wealth seems like the last temptation in their life it's not chronological order and it's not a one time thing as God elevates you in life, you're going to be checked with these things again and again and again. Short-term problems seem so big. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Elevate the problem or elevate God? In those moments, the circumstances seem contrary to the will of God. You have everything necessary to combat that. It's the Word of God and the Spirit of God on the inside of you. That's where you stir yourself up in your own living room by yourself without a congregation or a flag lady in the place unless you are the flag lady. And it's better to do that by yourself anyway so you don't poke an eye out. Amen. Been hit a few times with flag. Anybody in here ever been hit by a flagpole in the church? Look at that. Look at that. Hands up everywhere. These things are dangerous. That's why we have set areas. If you're going to, well, you don't actually flag in here because there's just no room. On that note, <laughs> I was in a church service pressing into the Lord for a word. Anybody ever in here, even like when, when I'm not preaching good, you just ignore me and you're like, God, just give me a word, this guy. I was in a church service. I'm pressing in. I'm like, God, Lord, I'm hungry. Lord, speak to me. Jesus, speak to me. And I hear the Lord say, lift up your left hand. And I was like, what? Like most words from the Lord are like, you know, thus saith the Lord. Get ready, for I am opening unto thee the Middle Eastern nations and the caravan trap and the camels are coming and the flapping of the... You're like, yeah! I hear, lift up your left hand. So I ignore it. And I was like, no, that's not, <laughs> not a word from God. <laughs> lift up your left hand. So I keep praying. I'm like, no, God, please give me a word. Please. I want to know that you're with me. Lift up your left hand. Third time, he tells me to lift up my left hand. Now you just feel weird, but you know, you're like, whatever. I lift up my left hand. True story. Actually, it might have been my right. It was my right. Sorry. I don't, I don't want to give you bad advice. I lift up my right hand. And the moment I do, the lady beside me got hit by the Holy Ghost, and she was like a tornado. She shoots out of her chair, arms flailing and just going, I mean, I don't know what happened. Look like Lolo in the place. <laughs> I love you, Lolo. <laughs> like a Holy Ghost tornado. As soon as I lifted my right hand, her arm came, and it would have busted my nose. But my arm was up, and I caught it, and I threw her, and she just fell to the ground and rolled away. <laughs> I was like, I hear the Lord. I hear him. And he cares about my complexion. 
They're going to have to have no surgery. But no, the Lord's like, lift up your right hand, young man. How many people are grateful the Lord gives you application in life? Wealth is a temptation in this world. That's why giving matters in the church. That's why God will take you to places and seasons where he strips some of that away and he asks of you holy things and alabaster box. Those are pure. Those are driven by the Lord. When you listen to God, every time God ever asks anything of you, he's willing and prepared ahead of time to give you more back. But it's about the test of the heart. It's about the test of the heart. Will the temptations of this world win out or will you keep yourself surrendered to God? If you keep yourself surrendered to God, you can have anything in this world. He will add it unto you. But you've got to keep yourself locked in, eyes set on the prize. Amen. Thanks for listening to River Claremont's podcast. We pray you were greatly blessed by this message. If you'd like to keep up to date with what's happening at the River Claremont Church, visit us at riverclaremont.com.